name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Protein pills? Protein pills. I mean, do you see what's happening here? It's like seeping into all areas of our society 50 years ago. You know what I mean? Like it's happening already. You know, Tom, maybe um, some more high carb pills with a little bit of protein. Would you like uh, take your dried mango, eat it and put your help, you like that? I don't know. Would it have saved him? I don't know. It's, I can't tell. I don't know. It's like a, would high carb pill oriented kind of thing saved Tom? I don't know. It's correlation. I can't establish causation, but it's too late now, isn't it, Bowie? Isn't it? I'm just trying to help. Okay. I'm just trying to help. Mm. <sighs> Take your protein pills. You're in space. You know what? Maybe you would have saved yourself, had a little more clarity of thought, and you wouldn't have screwed up the instrumentation or whatever it was that malfunctioned on your mission. And now you don't get to see your wife, who you say you love, but I don't know. Hard to tell with the way your diet is. <clears throat> Stanford Inn is reopening. We got the, in, in typical Mendocino County fashion, uh, they don't go like, okay, projected open date is in two weeks. They go, we're opening in two days, literally, just... And so everyone's scrambling in the area. I mean, I had to go in today to meet with, you know, because I manage people. I had to meet with people. I was at the inn resort for like almost three hours. I almost had to do three hours of work today. That's that's not humane. I mean, three for me to have to go in three hours. Now, the savings grace is I rushed right back home for no other reason than this podcast. That's the kind of dedication you're getting here. But the truth is to get a Guatemalan. Mm. I just rushed home. I rushed home and I just, just arrow pressed me a, Guata, a Guatemalan. You know, I was burnt by the three hours. I was like exhausted and I needed a treat. I deserved a treat. Here's a little bit of news that is not relevant to anybody, maybe, could be. You guys know that I did the running coach program and I'm a certified running coach now. Well, I'm. it's official because like I, I, I'm insured. Like it's a thing now. Now, if I were smart, I would have had information on my website. You could go and see what I offer. I don't I don't have that. I had to work th- almost three hours today, guys. I'm exhausted. I mean, I can barely stand up. Uh, but I am. And so you're going to hear a few things and probably in a video at some point. I don't have a name for the service. It might just be, uh, I am a running coach, that kind of thing. Um, but I will, I will say that if any of you are interested, email me, podcast at sidgarzahilman.com. If you want to know what I'm offering, I will tell you. My focus is on beginning and intermediate, not advanced. I have no interest in elite athletes or, I mean, they're great, but no interest in elite athletes or professional athletes. I want to help people get off the proverbial couch as it were, or, or, or ramp up their already beginning, just like, you know, proper form nutrition. Obviously I'm throwing in there cause I'm also a nutritionist, which is kind of a bonus and really trying to do this in a, in a very low stress way, like not a militant must eat quarter protein after 40, within 45 minutes of your work. Like that's all crap for most people. If you just want to see if you're going to enjoy running and want to do it well and not get injured and not get sick and have a fun time with it and do a race where you don't care about the time, but you want to finish it and have fun with your buddies. I'm your guy. Okay. I'm your guy. Mm. 
podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. I've taken like four rapid fire sips of my coffee. Again, I'm traumatized. I mean, I haven't worked this hard in months. It's exhausting. I was on a, speaking of exhausting, uh, not exhausting, this was fun. I was on a podcast by a guy named Peter Raisinen. And I'm getting his name wrong, and I've talked to him a few times. He's a nice guy, like, nice guy. But I don't, I never established the last name. So apologies, Peter, if you're listening to this. Okay, Peter, I got nailed down, right down. Peter, but it's Raisinen, Raisinen. Yeah, yeah. His podcast is called Rise Again Podcast. I was a guest. He's got some heavy hitters on there. Like he just had Joel Furman on there. Obviously, he has heavy hitters. I mean, he had me on there. Obviously, I'm a head hitter. I have sold my new book, The Raising Healthy Parent. I've sold tens of copies of that book. Okay, he knows. He knows he's dealing with a heavy hitter when he hired, when he asked me to come on his podcast. Mm. Uh, but we had a really good time, and so I'm gonna uh, put the links. In my show notes, he had a, there's a video of it and we covered a lot of stuff and new stuff that I'm dealing with also and, and doing and working. And, and so it's, um, it was a really good conversation. He's a very good interviewer, but this is all really a facade for what I find most, uh, awesome about him. And that is he was interested in the fact that I roast coffee. He ordered a coffee roaster right after our interview and is roasting. And I just talked to him cause I said, call me. And so we had a conversation two days ago. Talked him through the roasting. He's gone it. He's on it. That's the best thing. He actually said he's going to have an episode soon uh, with me about coffee roasting. That's the best thing ever. That is the best thing ever. Okay? So Rise Again podcast. You can get it anywhere, but you can get the links in the show notes. But if you just, you know, search your little thing of a gym. Hey, thanks to the Patreoners and the reviewers. You guys are cool. Thanks for having my back. Um... Yeah, man, right on. Okay, so the, the reason why I titled this episode the Kinda Hippie episode, because it's kind of hippie. It's a little bit hippie, okay? The arc of the podcast is I established, I got science in there with the protein pills, okay? Just totally discredited David Bowie. And I'm sorry to do that. I'm sorry he's passed on, but you know what? You don't get a pass just because you've passed. You heard it here first, okay? I'm not gonna give Hitler a pass. I got died a long time ago. He's an asshole. It's always will be probably at a high protein diet. I'm just, look, I don't want to be controversial. I'm just saying that's probably true. A lot of schnitzel. Okay. Okay. Science. So I started off with a hard science, a little, little businessy, and then I'm coming into the flow state. And that's why I call it the kind of hippie episode because it's a little bit, I'm talking about the flow state. Now, I think I've been interested in this primarily because of the shelter in and me being at home and having lots of time on my hands and being in this situation where I technically have a lot of time, but was feeling distracted and and had to use my own small steps approach to re-engage and to establish habits within kind of a free form context. Meaning, you know, I didn't have to be at work at this time and, and then at home at this time. And, and it was sort of I didn't have to get up at any given time. Like, and so to, to how to establish those things in a way that are setting me up for long-term and, and actually being productive. And so it was an interesting thing in my work and the reading that I do, I, I came across, and it's not like I haven't heard about it before, but I wanted to know the origins of the flow state. Like, what is that? And it, and it drew me back to years ago when I was writing the Raising Healthy Parents book where I felt super distracted. And I found um, that book, Deep Work, what I've talked about in some episode at some point before this show, but in approaching the natural podcast, um, deep work by Cal Newport about 
um, well, about deep work, about the ability to get into something deeply and longer term and that, that, that in today's world, we are becoming mentally and probably societally, but the effect of us individually is that we are becoming more fragmented. Our ability to focus long-term is becoming mitigated by so much information in the world, social media and news and, and just the feeds and the, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly out there and it, what it's doing on, and on neurological level, this is not a joke, by the way. I mean, our brain chemistry is changing as a result of this, just FYI on that. So the, the interesting thing for me is the, the flow state, what is that and how do we get to it? I'm experimenting with that. No, so I'm going to define it. Now, I'll, be, I'll admit it. I'm defining it based on what I found on Wikipedia. Sid, what a great podcast Sid's is. You know, he gives us stuff from this very, very, very esoteric site called Wikipedia or something. Only he has access to it. Mm. But to give myself cred, I will tell you, I just wanted to find a quick definition. I'm reading the book by the psychologist who created or at least defined and talked about in depth the flow state. So I'm well into that book. I've been highlighting it like a crazy person because it's so much in line with my approach and it and it's just the way that that he or she I'm not even sure who because like the name is there's like 17 letters and like two vowels it's like that thing so I'm like I don't know um but how they defined it and then in using that and you know just kind of learning from it so here's the definition it's a mental state in which the person performing an activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity. <clears throat> Excuse me. In essence, flow is characterized by the complete absorption in what one does and resulting transformation in one's sense of time. That's very interesting to me. I think uh, if I had to say, it's not a study, but anecdotally, I would say we're losing that uh, trait, that ability, that um, talent of of getting lost in something that, that we're becoming absorbed in because, and all I'll say is from a personal thing, that's what my experience was when I was writing my book is the first book I could get lost in it and time would pass. And I was deep into it. The new, when I was writing the new book, whatever, <laughs> raising it has been over a year now. Um, I found myself, you know, I could do five minutes and then I'd be on YouTube. Then I would do five minutes and then I'd be on Facebook and then I'd be in that, you know, this is before I quit all social media, by the way, for that reason. So developing that in myself and then being able to translate that knowledge to my clients and people in small steppers, which by the way, I'm redoing the website. It's very exciting. I'll have some cool stuff about that, you know, in times to come, but working with those people and trans and, 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 and passing that knowledge onto people to, to give them this ability. And, and, and I do believe still that this is a goal, whether it was defined or not in my small steps approach, which is to start something such that the the habit is then established such that then the habit can grow to the point where you're doing something and you arrived at it in a way that you can hit that flow state. It's those moments where I'm running where with no music, where I'm lost and I look up and go, holy crap, I've just been running for, you know, 10 minutes. And I know that's not a huge amount of time, but like you're running on a road and you're, and you're sort of lost and it's, pretty great because you're expending energy and you and, and you're doing it in such a way that you can actually get lost in your thoughts uh, intentional thoughts you know it, like thinking about something and being able to stick with that thing long term i think that's a we're losing that as a culture and i think it's so absolutely worthwhile to get it back because i think that it speaks volumes to forget about productivity which it does but fine but but quality of life happiness um 
the the full experience of life, I think, is what is delivered by the so-called flow state. And so it's hyper interesting to me right now because it's just where I'm at with this sort of free form time that obviously is changing. So I had, again, I had to work three hours today. Like it's, that's crazy. But um, how to do this on your own, right? So a lot of our work is like, do this thing and we get through it and we maybe were focused on it, but how do we achieve the flow state self-motivated flow state how do we if somebody else isn't telling us arrive at this time do these tasks finish at this time take the break at this time take the lunch break at this time but then when we get home can we regain that ability to get into something that is ours solely if whether it's artistic or it's whatever that is for you um that you want to achieve can you can you train your mind to stick with something long enough where you have that um, full involvement, as they say, that energized focus. It's not daydreaming. It's 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 uh, guided by you. That's a very powerful place to be as a human being. Can you achieve that day to day? And how do you do that? That's where I'm at right now. Okay, I don't have all the answers on it. I'm just saying, in my own experience, that's where I'm at right now. Now, side note, another book. I'm reading five books right now. Mm. I'm actually reading five books. I'm not even kidding. You want to hear them? Okay. I'm rereading Jitterbug Perfume because Tom Robbins is one of my favorite authors. Okay. I'm reading Sarah by J.T. Leroy. I'm reading Magic Mountain by Tomas, Thomas, Tomas Mann. He's German, so I have to say Mann, but spelled M-A-N-N. It's man. Okay. And then I'm reading Flow, about the flow state. And then I'm reading this book called The Meat Question, which is really interesting because it's the this parsing through the anthropology of our of our species and actually the species from whom we you know descended um that the th where did meat come in how did it come in it's demystifying lots of things and actually like the idea that we needed meat to make our brains big like that's the reason is, is absolute crap and so it, he's very objective about it, very scientific about it and it's it's kind of a lot of it's pretty heavy in terms of the language but i'm getting through it but but there's it's interesting to me because again, you get just below the surface on some things, and then conventional wisdom wisdom completely falls apart. It's like, yes, we've eaten meat, but was that the cause, or was that the, or wh wh where was it? Was it because we got moved and didn't couldn't find you know calories, and so we needed this to augment? How did our bodies adapt to that? How has our versatility enabled us to succeed? Uh, the use of fire, like all these kinds of cool things, and so he's wrapping all around. But anyway, the relevance to the flow state in the way that I want to talk about it is um, he he claims or he argues that, that and he is a he because he has a name that I can freaking pronounce, um, that movement preceded brain development, which it's not, that's not a groundbreaking sort of thing. It's not like we ha we're sitting there moving lists with, and then all of a sudden our brains grew and we were like, hey, we can move our leg now. Like we, of course, but he's making the point that like our ability to move and to, to, to survive via movement and not via this next level ability to make tools, definitely the movement preceded that brain development. Um, the flow state, as it relates to the flow state, which is why this is so interesting to me, is because in a way, when we're in the flow state, there's a, there is part of our brains that is, and I don't mean physically, but there's a part of our, probably physically, I don't know, but the part of our brains that is shut down or quieted. It's that the chatter goes and th and that's sort of like next level you know we hear our own voices and we have dad and then this and that oh, okay, i gotta do this thing and it's sort of breaking our focus that very much quiets when you're in a again self-guided 
flow state. The reason why I bring in the movement preceded brain development is because in the work that I'm doing now, it is it is because I'm, I think because I'm now a running coach, I've been thinking about that and how to marry the what I do with in that and how do I bring my approach to the running part of it and how running has been for me such a meditation, such a way for me to achieve that flow state. It's at, very rarely will I ever listen to anything while I'm running. It's mostly even on a treadmill, which sounds horrible and it does to me. And yet if I'm, I can go now on a treadmill and, and, and I can run for a period of time with nothing, you know, in terms of intentional inputs in my head, music, podcast, whatever, and, and, and just be with my intentional thoughts and, and actually be guided in that. And that's a very interesting thing. So I'm going to break it down in moments for people. I'm going to tell people it's, you can get this in one minute in line at Starbucks, but how much time are we spending per day of it with it, with guided intentional thought, with 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 thinking about something actively actively thinking and how does movement relate to that how does how does where does movement come in and and i think my gut on this and not just gut because i'm actually researching this is that they are intertwined in a way that is very interesting meaning if you can set your body into a movement uh, especially like a repetitive like running um, with no inputs, so you're in a sense in solitude. There's nothing you know that you've pu- that you're putting intentionally in your brain. There's noises around, but not not that you're actively listening to. Um, can you achieve this? And how does movement actually facilitate this? Because to me, like it's easy enough to sit on a on a on a pillow, um, but I'm not sure that that interests me so much. I'm more interesting. Um, I'm more way more interested in the ability to marry movement with this ability and that I think that movement actually helps us reach a flow state. Not that you have to move to reach a flow state because obviously when I'm talking about, you know, writing a book, you're not moving, but it is a thing. It is actually a thing. So now is the part of the podcast where I'm going to tell you even more like why it's kind of hippie, which I'm going to talk about this thing is the rope. Okay. And you're going to go the rope. Now, listen, I'm asking you a favor, which is can you, my family already makes fun of me. Can you not make fun of me? Cause they're like the, my sister's like, Oh, one of those things. And I still maintain, I'm like, look, I'm not drinking my own urine yet, yet, yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. As long as the Guatemalan coffee keeps coming, I don't need the urine. If the coffee roasting falls off, if Peter Raisinin's not going to roast coffee, I might start drinking my own urine. Mm. What I do, what I will do is I will dissolve some cr- protein pills in the urine. Done. The rope is this thing I stumbled upon. This guy Tim Sheaf, uh, he's a parkour guy, pretty incre- one of the greatest athletes I've ever, ever experienced, ever, ever. He's a little bit of a nutty nut nut. I think he's probably a nice guy. Don't know him. He's got some stuff going on personally, but he's a absolutely insane and elegant and gorgeous athlete in in his physique and his movement is insane, like, like I've never seen. So. Anyway, he, he, I stumbled upon, because I follow him, and I stumbled upon this thing called the way of the rope. And it's this, and then it's relay, he learned it from this guy, David Weck, who does these movements. He has a movement approach, approach to movement. And I've now I've been studying David Weck and taking his rope course, but also reading about his running techniques because I'm now learning this thing. So it's all kind of coming together in a very, very cool way. But the rope is, is has been, inc- I've been doing it now for over a month. I took a course in it online. Yes, but you know, did the movements and practiced it and took the phone out there and watched the videos and practiced it. And I'm teaching my kids now. 
Um, it's been amazing. And, and I mean, actually amazing. Like I'm amazed by the experience of it because as I'm learning the movements better and better, and then it's not a fixed movement, you, you do actually achieve, there's a series of different kinds of movements and how you join them is up to you. And so right now it's very sort of, I'm going to do this. Okay, now I'm going to do this thing, but I have caught glimpses where I will do this thing and then the other thing without consciously deciding on that transition. In other words, I'm feeling in that moment something and I'm changing it and I know the movement's enough to hit that um, next movement without a conscious transition of it. Sort of like, you know, you drive to work and you go, I mean, I'm at work and I don't remember turning left. It's it's achieving that kind of, of thing. Um, but at the same time, because it is this movement of, and I'm not lose, I'm not in thought in terms of, you know, I can't, I'm not thinking about things. I am having to still pay attention during this. I'm not at that level where I can just kind of let go like I am with running. Um, but it's been completely interesting and awesome. And so I just wanted to share that with you. I'll be, I'll be videoing myself doing it. I'm not a pro, but I imagine I'm, I'm still in the beginning stages, but you can get a sense of, of how that works. Um, so anyway, I, it's, you know, what Sid thinks. I've been thinking about this. I've been deep into the flow, no pun intended, but deep into the flow state um, idea and how that relates to my approach. Again, I'll, I'll say it again. Um, I, you know, sitting on a pillow in front of a Buddha and, and meditating is fine. But I think, and it's, I, I don't mean to belittle it. it. It's amazing. And it's great for realization, all these kinds of things. To me, the flow state is an active participant state. And small steppers is an active participant state. It is doing things. It is, and it can be also doing meditation, by the way, but a lot of it is this doing of things that we might dread or that we, you know, whatever we're sort of resistant to, but by small stepping it, we, we, we bring it into our lives in a way that, that minimizes that dread or even makes it go away and allows us to find the joy of that thing because we stick with it long enough to make it part of our lives. And anyway, very cool. So is kind of hippie. I mean, this episode was a little bit, a little bit hippie and I'm, and I'm going to own that because, um, because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, because the beard I've been growing, I haven't washed and it's got some dreadlocks going on there. So very soon I'm going to have a dreadlocked mother effing beard. <laughs>
on Phillips Avenue I wouldn't need these old distractions And if I lived on Phillips Avenue I wouldn't re-question these wrong decisions And if I lived on Phillips Avenue I'd be so satisfied you wouldn't even know me You'd think I never needed And if I were you Maybe this would be untrue And maybe problems lie so deep That they cannot be And if I were you Maybe this would be untrue And maybe problems last so I lived on Phillips Avenue 